Welcome to the Pretty Powerful Podcast, where powerful women are interviewed every week to share real inspiring stories and incredible insight to help women or anyone break the barriers, be a part of innovation, shatter the glass ceiling, and dominate to the top of their sport, industry, or life's mission. Join us as we celebrate exceptional women and step into our power. And now, here's your host, Angela Gennari. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Pretty Powerful Podcast. My name is Angela Gennari, and today I'm here with Crystal O'Connor. Welcome, Crystal. Hello, thank you. So with a degree in education, Crystal worked with small business owners in the television advertising world. Crystal decided to walk out of a corporate job and start her own marketing business online. At the time, she had three kids under the age of six and was newly divorced. Even though she always broke every sales record at the office, they would conveniently change the commission structure, causing her to have to work harder for less. I know how that goes. So she would never break past six figures, yet felt like she was putting her job before her kids. When she noticed videos online were free, and yet she'd watch small business owners struggle to pay thousands of dollars a month for 30-second ads on television, she knew something was about to change and for the better. She decided to teach small business owners how to market using online strategies and everything else she knew about marketing and advertising. She broke past that six figures in a matter of months and never went back. She started Moxie Entrepreneur, a coaching business, and Moxie Media Solutions, a marketing agency. She's the author of Unleash Your Moxie, endorsed by Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, and she has most recently started a program called Rich, Fit, and Happy, focused on helping business owners in the health and wellness space, as well as a personal finance, as well as in personal finance, so that they can thrive in these three key areas: health, wealth, and all while achieving achieving happiness. That's amazing. So really excited to talk to you because I think marketing is one of the things that small businesses struggle with most. We just don't know what works and what doesn't work, right? Right. So go ahead. Well, I was just going to add to that by saying that it became even more complicated with online and it was the wild west when I started. So it was then 08 between Mm -hmm. 07 and 08 when I noticed what was going online and decided to, you know, take the reins and say, I'm doing this because it's going to have time. And now is, you know, a really great opportunity. Um, It was a little easier. It wasn't easier in that um, there wasn't learning. There was definitely a learning curve, but it was easier in that it was the like I said, the wild west, and you weren't um, Facebook wasn't being nearly as restrictive mm-hmm. with the amount of eyeballs. Right, seeing something. I I in fact started with putting an opt in page on my Facebook profile to build a database. That is not, you know, something that can be done now. Mm. Um, I had to teach myself how to do that, which I learned, I taught myself on YouTube. Um, so it's different now. And, but here's the thing, business always changes. The environment always changes and things are right. kind of cyclical and, and what used to work doesn't work um, now, but then it almost always comes back around. So um it's been interesting. It's an interesting yeah. ride. And you have to kind of be willing to to change, change well, and grow. And then with AI coming into to the mix, I mean, things are changing again, right? Like even, even now that, you know, AI and, you know, uh, chat GPT and all these things are kind of coming into play, we are dealing with a whole new set of rules, right? Yeah. Um, yes. I think that I think with ChatGPT being part of the AI world, mm-hmm. um, it's made it easier, but not com- not a hundred percent easier. Meaning, you still have to add your creativity because I've played around with it, and it's mm-hmm. pretty generic information that it's spitting out, right. but it is interesting, and it can get your project going faster, and it can get your creativity going faster. Mm. So, um, so I, I use it for headlines. And, but I almost always have to tweak them. For instance, 
I'll use it to, to spit me out some ideas for a podcast title. Cause I have a podcast as well. And um, you know, a catchy, cause these are some of these things I actually used to teach in yeah. my, my initial program. I used to teach copywriting and headlines and mm-hmm. line hacks. And now, so yeah, it, it, it saves you time. It mm-hmm. saves, I mean, have you been using it that in that regard? It does well, save I've used it a little bit, but um, I've heard, and I could be wrong about this, but I've heard that uh, that Google and some of the search engines have started to kind of restrict things from chat. If they can recognize that it seems to be AI generated, they'll actually throw it down lower in a search result. Is that right? Um, I have been hearing things. I haven't, I don't know what is being, I mean, I don't know what's completely accurate and what's right with that Mm -hmm. know that in the education world (laughs) like in colleges and universities we're having to have different ways to kind of you know catch them right and it's being shut down and i think they're getting to the point where you know they'll actually um expel a student that's a that's a that's pretty major that that is major yeah so So, yeah you want to avoid things like that it wouldn't surprise me if google will do that but here's the thing it can still be used to spark your own creativity mm-hmm. you're going to get lazy and just keep swiping all of it first of all it's going to be super generic anyway and that's not competitive we're living in a very competitive online world now you know i called uh, when i started i called it the wild west well there were a lot of eyeballs and it was there aren't, weren't a lot of people doing it so mm-hmm. it was easy to stand out and there, you didn't really have to be that skillful now right. you've got it real skillful and chat gpt will spit out some really boring generic stuff but it can be useful like i said in teaching you some things but right. to copy and paste it all probably like you said mm-hmm. um probably is not going to help because if Google is going to crack down on that, it's going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. So I say use it to teach you. So if you're going to use it to teach you what a captivating title is, um, because that is really good copywriting. It's been used for years and years. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. in, as old as, you know, when the first newspapers came out, the headlines were what it grabbed attention. So if you're looking to use an attention grabbing headline, use chat GPT to teach you how to do this. And um, instead of just copying and pasting it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So what got you interested in the marketing world? Uh, I was in TV advertising. So the reason yeah. I left, I went to school, went to college to be a teacher. And the reason I left was because I had three kids in two years and it didn't seem, um, it didn't seem smart to leave my kids to go teach other kids only to give my almost entire salary to a daycare. So yeah. just, I stayed home until they were old enough to go to school. And then, uh, so I started working for a TV station and I would do, I, I was in sales. So I'd work with the small business owners, but I would also do a lot of writing for them. So I'd write commercials. And sometimes I was in the commercials. I do voiceovers. So I did a lot of different little things that really taught me a lot about advertising. And it was fun. And before that, I had been in sales as well. Yeah. And I worked for Chanel Cosmetics. Mm-hmm. I um, had worked in a different, many different facets of sales. I feel like that helped me a lot and because so then the tv advertising and the and using having words be part of your understanding of how marketing works and how the psychology of the brain works mm-hmm. and um, what grabs attention all of those things kind of rolled into one helped but one thing that i feel like put me um uh in terms of skills put me to an advantage or at an advantage mm-hmm. is is knowing that you have to ask for the sale. So when I started, just like I had mentioned, putting the opt-in on uh, Facebook, on my Facebook profile, the objective was that of that was to start asking for, so I put a little headline on there. I can't mm-hmm. remember what it was, but um, it probably was to attract people to my weekly call, which again, it was before podcasts. Podcasts is right. another of that. So I would ask people to join me on a call. I'd get a, um, a use a phone number. Can't even remember what it was now, but you could, um, 
get a phone number, people would sign up. They called it an bridge line. They would call this number, put in this code, and they would listen to me like every Tuesday. So Tuesday evenings, I would talk for about 30 minutes or more about money, how to make more money and how to apply. So I was actually learning and then teaching, learning and teaching. Okay. And then I was just really consistent with that, built that list. And then I knew at some point I was going to have to ask or make an offer. So making an offer was um, something that I knew I had to do. It was just a matter of asking the people that were listening mm -hmm. what they wanted from me. <laughs> so I offered a $6,000 program and I knew that it needed to, to replace my income. I needed to not just have a higher ticket offer, but really have it be super valuable mm -hmm. or they weren't going to pay 6,000. So right. I knew that me offering 6,000 had to be at least $25,000 or more uh, in terms of value. And so that's what I did. I basically uh, created a program, charged $6,000. I would put up their website, their WordPress. I teach them how to use it. We would meet once a week, one-on-one. -on -one. At the time we used um, Skype. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I don't know why I'm laughing about that. I don't even know if it's still around. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Is it? Okay. Mm -hmm. So I would use Skype and um, I would do some of the writing for, I would teach them. I would send them recordings. I would have a weekly call and then I'd meet with them one-on-one. -on -one. So it was all about these five pages. I made it all about these five pages on their website, their sales page, their offer, what they were going to charge, and then getting people into uh, building a list and then getting people to uh, a strategy session. So mm. I, I really teach them how to build a list as fast as possible of at least 300 or more. Wow. Yeah. And so I had a strategy also that I would teach. Not everybody would do it because there are a lot of steps, but I basically gave them for the $6,000 and I worked with them for six months doing mm -hmm. this. Um, I asked them, or I mean, I taught them how to write the emails that would go out the weekly newsletter, how to hire a virtual assistant. Once they got the sales coming, coming in, I would help them get their virtual assistant in order and, and how to delegate certain tasks. Mm -hmm. And basically I would teach them how to get their business going and running. Okay. So there's, there's really high value. So that's yeah. how I started Okay. I love it. Well, and I love that you're not just doing it for them, you're teaching them. And so it really, they can walk away with something besides just a product, right? So just instead of a, a an item that they can say, okay, now I have this, what do I do with it? Like you're, you're actually educating, which is amazing. So, so you teach people how to do, um, how to generate these, these lists, how valuable were the lists? Like what, what are, what, are your suggestions when somebody's trying to build a list of potential clients? So, okay. Ask that again. What is your, what is your recommendation when somebody's trying to build a list of potential clients and who they want to reach out to? How do you, how do you suggest going about building a list like that? Oh, okay. Well, one of the strategies was a telesummit. So it's kind of, I, I would suggest getting your opt-in page in various areas. Mm-hmm. At the time, my first one was actually on my Facebook page. I also used leadpages.net. Mm -hmm. And then I had one at the very top of my header on my WordPress site. I found somebody that I, I still use her every once in a while for certain projects, but she was fantastic to find. She was a referral. And she put up my first or actually my second WordPress website. She was phenomenal at it. She was the one that put up sites for all of my other clients. And she would, one of the things that we always did was have them or had a uh, uh, an opt-in at the very header of the site and okay. then a, another area as well. But then you could use that and always send people to a page where you're going to capture their leads. So, mm -hmm. so I would suggest that. Now to build a list fast would be to use other people's lists by getting to know them. So yeah. one of the things that I would suggest and have them do is to create a page um, with a plan and the page would have on it people that you would like to have on a telesummit, mm. say 30 people, which meant you had to do some Googling and I would have them choose people that were in their industry, but not a direct competitor. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So like an then, alignment. Yes. And then mm -hmm. I would actually have templates and things like that 
connect and, and help them with the name of the telesummit. And they were going to interview these people in exchange for sharing the list. So everybody that was involved, they were doing it by choice and they were sharing each other's lists. So the person that was interviewed had to do certain things. So there's criteria. They needed to send an email. When I say share lists, I didn't, I don't mean, I never had anybody like send a list to somebody else that it was kind of against a lot of different policies with sure. auto responder email services. But what I would have, um, or what they were required to do is have a list of at least 300 or more back then. I think, it, I think I moved it up to about 500. So if someone had that was in your industry, but not a direct competitor, I would have them um, send an invite and the requirements were to have at least three to 500 and then send three emails out over a span of three weeks, inviting them to be on this list. So send them to the opt to your basically opting into your list. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyone from their list that opted in on your opt-in page became part of your new list. So if you take three to 500 people times 30, that gives you an idea of a great list that you can walk away with. And so if you had the determination, I did this and this is how I started with my first list. Okay. And if you, so it took me about 30 days, mm-hmm. um, I sent an invitation out and almost everybody that I sent the invitation out to said, yes, awesome. That's, that surprised me. Now yeah. it would be a little trickier now. Um, but this is a method that works mm-hmm. and, um, and that's something that I taught. Okay. There's a, there's a little bit more to it than that, but yeah, sure. That's, for, that's the nuts and bolts of it. So, what is a telesummit? Is this just something where everybody gets on at one time well, to educate? Know, yeah, I don't know okay. if I don't know if telesummit is the word used now because tele, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be like a video summit is probably right, what right. they're calling it now. I haven't done one for a while, but I would. I've been on other video summits where um, it involves, you know, a couple of weeks or maybe even just a week of you sign up and you listen to all these interviews. One was, for instance, done by a gal that's been in the fitness industry for many, many years. And Mm -hmm. I noticed that she interviewed a lot, probably 30 to 50 experts in the area of midlife. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And so, so what, so good example, this was a good example, but a good example of some of the people on her list were people, so she's a fitness professional. Mm-hmm. And so, so if you think about it, she's obviously what she teaches is women in their thirties, forties, fifties, they're reaching midlife. Mm-hmm. And she interviewed people that have remedies or uh, worked in some specialty. They weren't, necessarily fitness experts like she was Mm -hmm. but they still like there was a chiropractor there was a hormone specialist there was um, a sex coach wow (laughs) just like to to see how see what I mean when I say they're they're in they're in that same industry but not actual direct competitors so they make really good joint venture partners Mm -hmm. so this is a strategy that I would suggest anybody use um, to get started. It's a really smart way. It can get, it get you started faster. And mm-hmm. in those 30 people that you're interacting with, you'll walk away with a couple, maybe even more than a couple of people that you can do joint ventures with moving forward in the future. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I love that idea. Um, and you know, when you're, when you're looking at complementary services, there's so many, like we, we have a very specific niche in my, my world. So I, I own a security company, but we do very particular type of security. So we actually align with people who probably other people think that we're competitors, but because we stay in our lane and we know what we do well, I'm happy to refer to them. They're happy to refer to me. And, you know, it, it, it helps all of us um, because we know the client's getting the best service from the, from the company that aligns best with what they need. Yeah. And there's nothing um, better than a referral. When I Uh say that, I mean, it's someone that you trust, you've gotten to know, and uh, they tend to buy a lot faster because of that. I think it's a psychology thing. So I'm going to buy something um, almost immediately. If I need something, I ask my friend, she's Mm -hmm. used, it's a done deal. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is a really good, um, you just feel comfortable. Whereas if you fall upon it online, 
there's a part of you that just they're not understanding uh, or you're not understanding yet. But that no like and trust just isn't quite there yet like it is. in right. Yeah, no, absolutely. So mm -hmm. you went from being uh, working in the corporate world to being an entrepreneur. So tell me what that leap was like and what skills you've acquired as an entrepreneur that you didn't have as an employee that have helped you. Um, the skills that I, okay, so I brought skills over and I, like I said, I feel like that sales asking for the sale, mm -hmm. I knew that it was something that I needed to do every day. Whereas when I would work with people that had not been in sales, it was something that they had to get comfortable with and yeah. I had to really coax them into it. You know, like you've got to have a way that you're asking for the sale or offering something every day and it doesn't have to be hard sale. It doesn't have to be that. And so that is where the whole marketing and education-based marketing would come from. Mm -hmm. And then I've lost my train of thought with regard to what you asked. I think what you asked was, how was the transition? Yeah. Yeah. How was the transition? Uh, mm -hmm. It was there. It, it wasn't as bumpy as it could have been if I had just cold turkey stopped and uh, didn't know sales. Right. Okay. I wouldn't recommend somebody do that and not have a way. So I always suggest to people, do you have a list of qualified leads or mm. warm leads? If you don't have six months of your um, six months living expenses set aside. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Or yeah maybe, that... maybe even more, but I would yeah. say six months. It depends on what kind of money manager you are. We're all a little bit different with our money. Yeah. Or it depends on what your receivables timeline looks like. Right. So like yeah. with me, um, we don't charge for staff until the staff is present on site. Right. And so if, if we're booking something, we could have booked a huge event. But if it doesn't take place for another 12 months, we're not going to see any money on that. <laughs> so, yeah, you have yeah. to you have That's to fill up your pipeline with things that are short term, long term, you know, and, and when you're doing, getting your receivables. Yeah. So one of the things, a good example, um, when I started with my $6,000, you know, I, offering a payment plan was something that almost everybody wanted. But the first payment that I would ask would be more than just $1,000. Remember, I said it's 6000 and then it was six months. I would ask for two months up front. Mm -hmm. And that really helped. I knew that we were going to get enough done, but I also wanted to look out for myself and make sure that I was not putting a lot of effort in and being left <laughs> with yeah. that. Yeah. So, so, so then I knew with that, how many, so if I was going to make 2000 initially on one customer, mm -hmm. I knew then how many I needed that first month and each month thereafter in my pipeline. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then how many offers I needed to be making automatically on my list and then how many connections I needed to be making it with my joint venture partners and then possibly like another way that can also uh, work really well is to have a joint venture opportunity with somebody and you're actually selling. So I've got one going on right now as an mm -hmm. example where I am joint venturing with a gal and we're going to be holding a webinar. And oh, that, nice. so we're going to, we're going to split the profits and teach a six, maybe even eight week class mm -hmm. to, to health coaches, for instance. Oh, that's, that's a great idea. I like that. So you then pivoted and you wrote a book. So tell me about the book, because that's, that's a big undertaking, isn't it? Well, it wasn't as much as I thought. So yes and no. Mm -hmm. Um, I what I walked away from uh, with that little project is uh, that you 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 really just need to get to you just need to start writing. Quit yeah. think that, thinking that it needs to be perfect because, like I said yesterday in a podcast episode, I said I'm not grammatically correct <laughs> most of the time, right. and that's, that's okay. And I think it's important for people to know that I was not like a star writer in terms of grammar. Okay. Um, but I like to write. And so I had a guy tell me, you just need to start writing. you like, just move your fingers. And that's right. how the creativity actually starts. I also walked away. I think my biggest lesson was that um, if I can just get a bunch of words to an editor, he can yeah. help guide me. He or she can help guide me after that. 
obviously you need some good content. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I had, had some mm-hmm. good ideas. So um, he can't, he or she, I keep saying he, because mine happened to be a, ma- a male, but um, they can't work their magic unless you have something good. However, it is pretty amazing what an editor, editor can do to weave some uh, continuity and consistency with your themes. So how he broke it up was not how broke it up into three um, um, segments. I wouldn't mm-hmm. have even thought of that. So editors are pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. You, yeah, can help you get things going fast. Yeah, I like that. Guide you, guide you in ways that you wouldn't have ever thought. Well, and I'm sure with your coaching business, it's helped tremendously, right? Being a published author, having your own book, people can read the book. And then if they want more, they come to you and they're like, okay, you're the one who literally wrote the book that I am already impressed with. You've given me so much great content. And then they come back to you for more. Yeah, it. um, they look at you differently. I so... I never wrote a book to make money. It was to, um, I mean, make profits off of the book. Um, but I used it as like a business card. Yeah. So I like it. Yeah. I I like that. So where did you come up with the name Moxie? That's a really cool name. I think that, um, it was an older gentleman that called me Moxie when I was in sales. Really? And I didn't, I didn't even know what it meant. It's, a, it's an old word. And I like to think that I brought it back. And, and now it's like really popular. But yeah, I, I I actually, my first business was Moxie Mompreneur. I changed it to Moxie Entrepreneur because someone literally stole the name Moxie Mompreneur in my, um, yeah, uh, that's a long story. Right. I've, I've had some seriously funny things like that happen. Moxie Talk was also stolen from me. Like they literally took it out and, and redirected it mm. <laughs> and then sold it. Yeah. Wow. Someone that, that hacked into my um, my hosting account. And it, it's it's fine. It's not. It, here's the thing. Here's what I want to tell people. Don't get hung up on the name. It's not that mm-hmm. big of a deal. Um, I, I think when I see somebody getting hung up on a domain name or a name, um, I know that they're just starting out and it's really the quality of your work and, and the value and the service that you provide is what was, what sticks and what people remember. Yes. Branding is important, but it's, it'll only take you so far. So I, when I had somebody say, Oh, um, you want it back? I'm going to, you know, you need to give me this. I was like, Oh, yeah. Okay. Then I changed it to Moxie Entrepreneur. I was like, bye. Good luck with Moxie Mompreneur. And I, at that moment, it was kind of like I was being stubborn, but at the same time, it's like, um, I didn't think Mompreneur was actually sounded very serious anyway. Like I didn't, I really was, I liked the alliteration of it. You know, it was kind of cute, right. but I didn't, I thought entrepreneur actually was going to be taken more seriously. So I was I was like, fine, we'll just switch it right now and switch the whole, or I, I switched the name, changed the whole website. It was New Year's Eve. I'll never forget. It was, wow. New Year's Eve. it was New Year's Eve and I was at home doing that. And my kids were with their dad and I was like, I'm just going to do this now. And I was uh-huh. like, I was like new year, new name. All right. I like it. I like it. Well, um, so then you, you launch your book, you, you've got Moxie Entrepreneur and you're kind of jamming along. So then what, what next, what, what led to you? Okay. So here's the funny thing about entrepreneur and the word entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So I used that name for years and now I'm switched. My new project is rich, fit and happy. Mm -hmm. Um, So Moxie Entrepreneur is still up there and out there, but I'm not using that name anymore because Entrepreneur Magazine is suing people that are using the word entrepreneur. Oh, no. I know, right? Like, that's really helpful. Thanks. Mm -hmm. I probably won't read your magazine anymore. (laughs) So, um, so that's kind of why I'm not really using it anymore. And I'm probably going to take it down, but it's up there because I still I still talk about it every once in a while. I do have Moxie Media Solutions, so it's like a done for you. Mm-hmm. But Rich, Fit, and Happy is my newest project. And then I'm partnering with another gal that does hormones and has a research foundation working with doctors. So I want to teach health coaches how to expand their business and specialize in hormones the right way. So that probably threw you for a loop and I didn't mean uh, to do that, but rich fit and happy is the name of my podcast. 
and the name of my business. And there's only one page right now up, but it is going to be an all in one, mm-hmm. meaning I teach business and how to manage business and health and fitness. Because here's the thing I noticed when I was going through, and you, I don't know how old you are, hon, you look pretty young, but while I was going through my forties and building my business, it was a lot and kids. And I did, I thought it was just stress and, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, it was that I was going through perimenopause and I didn't understand. And, and I think it's being talked about more and more and all of these health spas are going up and offering hormone patches and testosterone. Yeah. Here's the thing I feel like it's a little out of control. So I've, I've been working with a gal that knows hormones so well that she's really expanded my knowledge and I'm talking about it more because it's one of the pillars health you've got to you've got to make sure you're you're watching your health taking care of yourself if you are going to um have the energy which is mm-hmm. have the energy to build your business and look great and feel great if you don't look great and feel great mm-hmm you're not going to put, you're not going to have the confidence and put yourself out there. And by the way, did you know that one of the best ways to boost your confidence is to check on your estrogen levels? One of the things that I do know and have learned is that estrogen is talked about like it's a bad thing, but it is not. Right. So most of us are walking around with low estrogen, thinking we're estrogen dominant or thinking, you know, there's so many experts well, they're calling themselves experts and they're throwing around a lot of information. And even though it's great to be aware, being confused is also not a state to be in. Mm-hmm. So so I'm going to have an expert speaking, like a true expert speaking about it in Rich, Fit and Happy. So you're going, we're going to, you know, make sure that your health is being um, or that you know what to look for in an expert and get your estrogen where it needs to be all of your hormones in check, your health in check so that you can lose weight easier and faster and do the right things in your business. Because right. what I what I noticed in Max Entrepreneur is that I would give people what I felt like were the keys to the kingdom. Like do yeah. these things and you can make six figures real quick and then you can double it the next year and right. they wouldn't do it. And I didn't understand why. Mm-hmm. And some of it is is confidence, right? And, and scaling up and but when you have your family that you're dealing with and you have your business and your confidence and then you're not feeling well and you don't know why um mm-hmm. it could very well be because of your hormones yeah oh yeah absolutely not, not having them in check so I wanted like those three pillars how to make more money and manage it and then the fitness part and then the happy part is the mindset yeah which yeah also, estrogen also makes you happy. Did you know that? That's not talked about enough. It, yeah, it yeah. Acts, it's linked to de- the l- low estrogen is linked to depression, like big time. And you feel that we walk or if we walk around feeling depressed and we go to a doctor, what do they tell you? Oh, here's an antidepressant. Mm-hmm. It, doesn't yeah. actually, it doesn't address the main issue. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I'm in my 40s. And I've noticed a definite change in, you know, just my energy levels. You know, it's the weight gain, it's it's everything. It's, it's, you know, my mood at the end of the day is different. And so yeah, I agree. Hormones, you know, as they're changing, and I think this, this has to do with kids too, you know, when kids start going through hormonal, hormonal changes as teenagers, it changes who they are and how they interact with the world. And so why wouldn't it change the opposite? Yeah. I was, for instance, good example uh, is heart palpitations. And mm-hmm. you tell you tell that to a doctor and they act like you have a heart problem. No, right. it's, it's either magnesium or also low estrogen or right. too much estrogen. It's like getting that all in check, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you got a heart problem. Right. And that is something that is kind of ridiculous, like mm-hmm. ridiculous in that, like, we don't need more stress of worrying about something that is kind of an easy fix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if we yeah. just had the right doctor or the right expert that knew how to handle it. And it's pretty sad that in this country, we don't have enough of those that know how to handle it. And writing scripts just at like band-aids covering up a bullet wound. <laughs> That's what I feel like yeah. they're doing is sad. There are doctors that know about it. It's they're just few and far in between. 
Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty. And so, yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty um, anti-medication when it comes to things like you know patching a problem. I don't want to treat a symptom. I want to treat the cause, right? Like get me yeah. to the root of the problem and let's talk about that. I don't really want your band-aid solutions to yeah. something. And you know what? The, the saddest thing of all, and I am a conscious capitalist. Okay. Yeah, saying me too. But yeah, if you're an entrepreneur, you probably are. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of power in that, but um, it seems to be that there's a lot of managing of symptoms, too much money being made of managing symptoms. Okay. Instead of just fixing the problem. And it seems to be with my research and looking into this more and more that there's like a lot of um, proof mm-hmm. That if you fix the estrogen problem, you'll fix almost all kinds of problems the body has, osteoporosis, heart condition, breast cancer. And now I might be even making you feel uncomfortable by saying that. I'm not, I'm just saying there are books. A good one is Estrogen Matters. Listen Uh to that book, read the book or listen to it and you'll hear what I'm saying from an expert's point of view. Well, and I, I am fascinated by that because it, it there's it's so much relevance and, you know, with the stress levels that we're dealing with, you know, as in our forties with, you know, kids who are teenagers now and they're getting a little bit older and you're, you're worrying about college and you're worried about school, but you're and also you running even, a business. And you can't <laughs> even sleep and you can't even sleep and you're, and you're being told, oh, too much stress. Well, what does yeah. that mean? Yeah, 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 exactly. You're going to feel like you have too much stress if you have an estrogen level of 100 or less. Mm -hmm. And you know that, and that is another argument. People will say, oh, your estrogen is fine at 100. Really? Because you'll feel your best between 350 and 550. And that comes from an expert that's worked with thousands of women. Mm -hmm. But yet, but yet there are those that won't suggest you get your estrogen up that high because it's linked to breast cancer. And it absolutely is not read the book, Estrogen Matters. There's a lot of research and doctors are in there saying it. It's just that very few doctors, not enough doctors are saying it. So that's my soapbox because (laughs) I I want women to feel as best as they can so that they can do all the things that they need to do. Yeah, no, I agree. Not die early because ignoring those things, covering it up with some an antidepressant only leads to disease early, Mm -hmm. dementia, all of those are linked to low estrogen. So mm-hmm. there's so far. <laughs> okay. Well, well, and and honestly, like we're so busy that I think that we tr- we tend to just throw our health up on a shelf somewhere and think, oh, we'll deal with it when we have time. But really, okay. like if you can deal with it early, it'll give you the energy, the stamina, you know, all the things that you need to really just start tackling everything else in your life. And yeah, you, know, and there's you can't no, put your health, you can't put your health on the back burner. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with having a glass of wine, but when you find yourself needing a glass of wine right. every single day, and you don't know how to stop that, mm-hmm. it could be very well because rightfully so you're needing it because you're lacking your what your body needs. Mm-hmm. And you can throw minerals at it. And, you know, I, I hear a lot about um, gut biome, okay, and your gut need. Yes, okay, yes. But did you know that estrogen helps the gut biome? Mm-hmm. You're gonna have a really hard time getting your gut biome accurate when you don't have the estrogen helping you do that. And then what do you do? You reach for the alcohol, okay, to kind of calm yourself down and try to get the sleep. And then the cycle continues. Get your estrogen fixed. Mm-hmm. Get your labs done. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So going back to your book, so you talk about nuns in your book and how you had nuns <laughs> in your family. So tell me what that was like. I did. They made an impression on me. So the funniest thing about this is that as a kid, I couldn't stand them. Oh, and it, no. it, it wasn't them. It wasn't them. It was just their, their discipline style. And uh, and by the way, by the way, none of them ever laid a hand on me. That's sure. not what I mean. And that's not what I mean. I just meant the repetition. So the repetition and their style of, of repetition and habit and clean, clean, cleanliness is, the, is next to godliness. That whole thing drove me crazy. Right. And uh, I didn't see a point in it. 
until I became an entrepreneur. So that's ah. my mentioning it as um, in my book, I mentioned it because the so I I would catch myself teaching what the nuns would teach me. Yes, it's boring. Yeah. And if you think about it, Mr. What is it? Mr. Miyagi, he would yeah. teach me. Yeah, wax on, wax off. Why do I have to keep doing this over and over? (laughs) And so, what you're doing by being consistent is you're creating a neuro pathway in your brain to do that thing consistently and that consistency and doing the right things. You don't just consistent with everything, but if you're consistent with the right things in your business, it actually starts working and flowing and growing. Mm. But if you're not even being consistent with those simple foundational pieces, it's not going to work and you're going to think it's you. It's not you. It's just that you need certain things done in a certain way and consistently. Yeah. Well, I like that because that actually makes a lot of sense. And and when we start getting distracted with the, the you know, what I call getting in the weeds in your business, you know, oh, I'm too busy to handle invoices. I'm too busy to do this. I'm too busy to do sales. I'm too busy to do marketing. Well, then you're, you know, you're working on all the tasks in your business and you're not running your business. Right. So yeah. I always say, and it, and it makes you, you to... not, it makes you not feel like you have room Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've heard it called holding space. <laughs> I, don't yeah. I don't like that term, but you feel like you don't have room to have a conversation with someone or like a podcast, yeah. like times I don't have room. I, I don't have the, the capacity right? Uh, when, and, and, but yet you know that you should. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's why I say like the three pillars. So check your labs, make sure that you're giving your body everything you need and then start to realize, okay, I do have time. I do have the patience and the capacity because when you're stressed out, low estrogen, low hormones, you don't want to connect with people. You don't right. even like people at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. You're like, oh my God, another person that needs something from me. And then my yeah. kid, my husband. <laughs> yeah. It's like you don't feel like that you have enough to give anymore. And um, again, it could be hormones. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. So true. So, so when you're working on the, the health and wellness and ha- or happiness and health and wealth. So where, where does all of this tie in together as an entrepreneur? Because, and, and I swear to you, this is one thing that we, we will very quickly put ourselves you know, oh, my happiness will come after, health will come after, wealth will come after, right? Like entrepreneurs, we get so task oriented that those are the things that we take out as the pillars, right? Like that's the first thing we remove from our lives. So yeah. why why do you think they're so important and how can we make them um, an integral part of, you know, we can become more successful if we just focus on these three things? Um. Ask me that. What was the beginning of that? So, so what I'm trying to um, ask is, as an entrepreneur, when we take these three things out, you know, wealth, we'll we'll figure out. I'm dealing with wealth, like an example. We tend to we'll cash out our pension, our IRAs, whatever it is, to start our business, and we say our business is our retirement plan, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're in the grind, and we're we don't have a lot of money right now, and you know we just think it'll come later. Health. Oh, I'll go to the doctor later. I don't have enough time for that right now. I'll, I'll do a checkup later. I'll do my labs later. I'll, you know, all of this is later. Happiness, you know, oh, my family can wait. My family will be there when, I, you know, I just have to get through this one tough time. And, you know, so as entrepreneurs, we're constantly putting those three things on the back burner so that we can be task oriented. So how do you feel, um, as entrepreneurs, we could bring those back to the forefront because do you think we'll be better entrepreneurs if we have those three things in place as pillars of our business? And so you're talking about the pillars that I'm referring to, Rich, yes. Fit and Happy, those three yes. things. Yeah. So, so starting to say no to things that don't fit into those three categories and just like focusing, you know, some of the easiest things to do, um, or I shouldn't say the easiest but just yeah. making you know, like simple tasks that you could do in the morning. That's this is what I have people do is actually start to um, take some like say 10, 15 minutes in the morning when it's quiet, no one's around and write over and over the mm-hmm. same thing. Okay. Here's what I mean. Like I have in the beginning of a notebook, I'll have like the five, my five major goals. 
And then I'll choose one of those from the five and write it over and over and write it as if it's already happened. Okay. And it calms the brain. And so again, there's that repetition that I'm referring to. So, you know, let's say um, your goal is to hit 20,000, a $20,000 month and your clients are all your clients are really easy. So mm-hmm. write that out in a sentence. I have, I'm making $20,000 a month in my business and I love my clients. They're easy, you know, easy clients. Um, And start to write that. And what that will do is create a new neurotransmitter in your brain to literally attract and focus on those things. Mm -hmm. So you will automatically, when you focus your energy to that and seeing it on paper. So you, you also want to say it out loud. You're going to write it. You're going to say it out loud and you're going to imagine it. Like if you're like me, where you need to set Mm -hmm. a timer and close your eyes and, you know, to like force yourself to pay attention to that. I want you to like see it happening in your mind, like a movie. Your life will change if you are consistent with doing this. I Mm -hmm. promise you, your life will change and things will actually start to fall away that don't matter. So you don't actually have to do as much as you think to start getting those, these three pillars going. Right. Right. Start your day off with what I just said and right. watch what happens. People will start coming into your life that you would have never dreamt would have happened. Opportunities will start coming. Things will fall away. Nuisances will fall away. The clients that you really couldn't stand, they just go away. It really will happen like that. It takes about 30 days. Just really start seeing it. Some people start seeing it that week. Right. Right. So you're talking about like a law of attraction kind of a thing. And well, that's, that's a word for it, but yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and, and the intentionality behind it, and I actually do um, something similar. I have a meditation that I do every single morning before I get out of bed and it's the same thing. It's affirmations. It's, it's, you know, visualizing yourself in a yeah. successful state, imagining your day going exactly the way you want it to go. And it really does center you in the morning. Um, I have found that it has made a tremendous difference in my life. Just in, you know, if I get up and the alarm is going off and I'm rushing off, you know, I've got to get out, got to get in the shower, got to go make coffee and I'm rush, rush, rush versus set my alarm 15 minutes earlier, listen to a meditation when I get up. And now my brain is centered on how successful the day is going to be and not how rushed my morning is. Yes. Yes. And it relaxing. Like I, I just tell Alexa to put on some jazz music and she'll probably yeah. do that. She heard me say. <laughs> <laughs> just like create a, and surround yourself with easy things to, to just add these things to your life so that they're just like easily part of your day. Like mm-hmm. Alexa, give me some, give me, record your affirmations and then I don't know how you would put that into Alexa, but I'm sure there's a way. Yeah. I, it doesn't even take that much um, um, technical savvy. I'm not the, the, the most technically savvy. I think uh-huh. people think that I am because I run a business online, but I'm really not. Uh-huh. <laughs> I still don't know how to use my remote control half the time. But, <laughs> but it just takes a few times, right, to figure it out. And you're like, you know, you just add these little things into your life uh, to make your make your life easier and um, the flow starts to happen, but that whole repetition and that habit around that is, is the, Mm, is the, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Having repetition, repetition is good. And also having routines. Like I, I do, um, I work out in the morning before I get my day started as well. And I think that that also has an impact on how my my day goes. It's, it's, I swear it's like 80% of your sanity, isn't Mm -hmm. it? Working out. Yeah. Yeah. I said it and I do a class in the morning and, and just because I I'm big on accountability and I won't, once I sign up for something, I'm doing it. So if I sign up for a class then I know I'll be there, I know that my body and my mind are both in, you know, they're in motion. I always say body emotion stays in motion. Right. And so if I get my bot, my body and my mind moving in the morning, then my day is going to go a lot better. Yeah. And that having that hit, meaning that really high um, um, heart rate and then mm-hmm. lowering it high and low, um, you know, they say, I mean, that's, again, like an easy way to get it done in a short period of time. 15 minutes of that yeah. instead of an hour long class sometimes is the answer. Right. Yeah. But you, because of the hit being 
just as if not more powerful than a long body pump class, which yeah. by the way, I love body pump, but still. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. All right. So, so tell me what obstacles do you think you've, you've have been most prominent and things that you've had to overcome in, in starting your own business and, and launching a book? Like, where do you feel like um, the obstacles that you overcame were the greatest? Probably the managing doing that, um, being a mom. Yeah. Three little mm-hmm. ones. I think that was um, like all of it was kind of like an obstacle, but I will say this, I never missed anything that I wanted to miss. So it gave me that flexibility. Whereas when I was working mm-hmm. for somebody else, I was always stressed out to get to the daycare, stressed yeah. out, you know, like the after school program is what I meant and, and picking them up and so stressed out about it. Whereas when I was in my own business, I was never stressed out about it. And I was, I always looked forward to picking them up for, from school. And it was like my favorite thing, part of the yeah. day and being able to drop them off without me being stressed out. So that was another thing that um, I never missed and promoted or encouraged me to keep at it, keep at being an entrepreneur until I hit my goals. Um, but the obstacles being an entrepreneur was probably consistent income. That mm-hmm. is a hard thing for people. And it is really scary. So like I said, if you can write down, I'm a successful entrepreneur, I'm making this much, you know, and really focus, you'll be surprised at the many different opportunities to save six months mm-hmm. of, you know, and give you, give yourself that little nest egg first. Um, if, if you don't have six months. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that. So um, what advice would you give to your 18 year old self? So I share this little story in my book that I lived in my car when I was 18. It was sadly a Datsun 210. They don't make them anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know why. I don't think Datsuns are around. Uh They were really ugly little cars. And um, I think what I would say to her is um, you're actually going to make it. And this is actually a blessing in disguise because yeah. this right here is going to make you resilient as hell. Yeah. That's what I'm Yeah. I know we all feel like when we're younger, you know, something happens in our lives and we're like, how will we ever rebuild? How will we ever get to where we want it to go? Right. And so, you know, we, we think everything is an ending, but really it's just, it's teaching us grit and tenacity and, and resiliency. And yeah, there's so many lessons, so many lessons in all those tough times we go through. I love that. All right. So, um, so living in your car as a teenager, do you think that that helped you to become a uh, a better business owner? Because you just, you had that lesson of like, I've already yeah. been here, right? And so like failing becomes less scary, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think it was, it was the lowest point in my life. Sure. So yeah. there was only one other way and that was up. So yeah. there's that. But well, yeah, I always had that experience to look back on and uh, tell myself, hey, if I've been there, then I can do this. And that's nothing compared to this. And um, or that this is nothing compared to that is what I meant to say. But um, I remember um, just certain things that I had to do. So I was forced to do. So sometimes when you're in a situation like that, like you'll think outside of the box. And uh-huh. so my Dotson was the box. And yeah. I re- thinking okay so the first thing and and by the way I had friends they were just off at college and I the couple of friends that I had in town I literally was too embarrassed to tell them that that it had come to that and so that's one of the reasons why I was sleeping in my car and I remember thinking I've got to get myself out of this and which meant at the time I've got to get a higher paying job. And I remember seeing a sign in front of, it was like a, the, a Merle Norman store and they were hiring a manager. And I don't know what in the hell possessed me to think <laughs> that they would hire as a manager, but they did. And wow. it was because so I went to a friend's house and it was not the age of the cell phone. So you had to knock on the door and I'm just like, Hey, I need to borrow that dress that I saw you wearing on such and such day. And, um, I have this job interview and she's like, sure. 
I wore it to the job interview and I didn't have a phone, remember? So I actually used a payphone phone number and would hang out near this park bench. Sometimes I just, you know, let my, I just sit in my car waiting or reading my book because I was actually going to school at the time. I was actually in college at the time and I was failing miserably because I remember uh, there was a philosophy class when I got the phone, I was, I was reading philosophy thinking, this is interesting. Like, I think I might like philosophy. And I answered the phone and got the, got the job. Wow. And yeah. And I took the job, but I never, I took the job over the phone. I was like, yes. And, um, but I still didn't know how I was going to get an apartment, but, um, I remember thinking, um, and so my boyfriend, I did have a boyfriend, but he was off at college. And I remember calling him and telling him my situation and that, and, and that, and that's when I moved to Des Moines. So I never actually took the job at Merle Norman, Oh. Uh, but it was almost like me moving forward anyway, and me just taking charge was like a snowball effect. And I moved to Des Moines. He had graduated, uh, moved with him to Des Moines, and that's where I lived the rest of, you know, up until I moved here a year ago, that's where I lived. And um, Des Moines was very white collar, uh-huh. and I got my first job when I was uh, 20 years old, actually, um, uh, working at American Mutual Life. And I did the same thing. I was not qualified for that job. I'd have friends say, how did you get that job? It's like, I just walked in and asked for it. Yeah. So I looked. I looked the part with the dress and I, you know, yes, I could type, but I also asked for the job. I've, I've told my daughters this several times. If you want something, ask for it. Yeah. <laughs> That's just the bottom yeah. line. Mm-hmm. There are some instances where it's not appropriate to ask, but most will respect you for asking. 100%. I remember during this interview thinking, I need these. I, I, I just knew this particular insurance company gave great um, benefits. I loved the pay. I, I just, everything was perfect. And I remember um, just thinking, what have I got to lose? Yeah. And, and so at the end of it, I said, hey, um, I'm not sure if, if we're going to offer this job, but I'm telling you, I want this job. And then just it came all out of my mouth before I even knew what I was saying and told him how great I was going to be at the job. And he offered it to me right then. Wow. So, yeah. And so I worked there for, I think it was three years. Yeah. I learned a lot about life insurance and that <laughs> <laughs> I still use, I still use some of that knowledge today because yeah. I would go over APSs, attending physician statements, and I would see life insurance policies that were denied and and I talked to the doctors and we'd give different codes for different and what I learned about that is don't tell doctors I mean doctors love to give all these different ailments that you have right right right. well they put those in your chart and the insurance company uses that and then they rate you and then they charge you a lot for your life insurance so it's not always good like you know and most of the ailments aren't really ailments they're just things we bring up anyway yeah yeah. 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 Anyway, keep it to yourself. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. Well, and I have a, a similar story. You do, you, you figure it out. So when I was, I got gotten out of college, ton of debt from college loans and I moved to Georgia very first, you know, first place on my own out of college. And the job that I got, I just took the first job who they offered me a job. I said, yes. Right. And so it was selling telecommunications and it was a sham company that is no longer around. They went bankrupt. No surprise. But um, they said, we're going to pay you $19,000 a year in salary, but you'll have this very generous commission package. And like in your bio that I read, they kept changing the rules for the commission. So we never made a dime of commission because it was like, well, you know, you have to, you have to get to this goal. And then they change the goal. And then they'd say, well, you can't get commission until we actually install it. And then, you know, oh, but the installation date's six months away. And and oh. so it was just, they just kept changing the rules. And so I'm trying to live off of $19,000 a year. And um, I had a roommate that was just a toxic roommate, just partying all the time, strange people in the house. And I said, I'm going to go out and live by myself. So now I'm trying to live by myself at $19,000 a year. And it was just, I could only afford like ramen. Like that was it. <laughs> like I was, yeah. 
peanut butter sandwiches and ramen. And that was kind of all I could afford. And um, so I needed to get creative. And so I was attending networking events, you know, trying to meet people for this uh, to sell to for the commissions I wasn't going to get. Um, so I'm trying to meet people and, and the networking events weren't very good. And so I thought, you know, I'll just host my own networking events. But I started doing it. And what I realized is I could walk into a restaurant and, and ask a restaurant, hey, if I bring you 50, you know, people for a networking event, will you give us free food? And so they would put food out and then I could eat, I could eat real food. <laughs> and so uh, they put food out and I said, I'll bring them. It'll be a uh, cash bar so that other people were buying drinks so there could you know, and then I would charge people like $5 to come in and it would be enough money where I could at least have a little bit of money for the, for the week uh, to live off of, but also have food. <laughs> yeah. so, mother is the need of invention or is it, or is it need is the mother of invention? Yeah. Need yeah. Mother of invention. It's so true. It yeah. forces you to start thinking your way out of it. You do. And, and, you know, those, those rough times and those times that you felt like, how can I ever get out of this? They build you up and you're, you know, they, they build character and, and resiliency and they build, you know, yeah. grit and all those things that, you know, then you and turn in, hindsight, in hindsight, you say to yourself, I would have never thought of that if I hadn't been in that position. Correct. And then when you realize you got away with it, sometimes it feels like, wow, I got away with that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, uh -huh. and, or, or, you know, just like asking for a job that I didn't think I was qualified for. And I did great. Like I would have never thought to ask that, but you know, there's, there's something that I feel like that I want anyone that's listening to this to walk away from, and you've got to start thinking, what do I have to lose? Yeah. Yeah. And ask yourself like, what, why aren't you, why aren't you asking for what you want? Why yeah. aren't you expecting what you want? Because it's all right there. Everything right. we want right there. It's just a matter of time before you get it. And it's a matter of time before you realize you deserve it. That's so right. That's, that's really what it amounts to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, when when I asked you, like, did that did living in your car make you less fearful? And that's what it made me, you know, like being in that moment where I'm like having to be creative about how to put food on the table, how to make a few yeah. extra bucks. It made me less fearful of going out and, and starting something new because hey, you know what? I know it's I know what it's like to barely be able to afford food. So yeah. I, I think I can handle it. So you, yeah. you you start believing in yourself and your ability to get through tough times. Yeah. So I know that is is one of the most resilient people, and her story is uh, mind blowing. She actually grew up um, in Okinawa, and uh, she was taken wow. for a short time when she was six and chained. This is a crazy story. And chained to a pole held for kind of like ransom, I guess. And uh, she was chained, ne chained next to a dog. Wow. And at six years old, she watched this dog be abused. And she ended up getting out of that situation. Her dad found her. Um, my point in telling you this story is that there is like she has some of it she's blocked out, she says. But I mean, think about how lucky we are here. Yeah. And most of us will never see a situation like that. Right. And what she witnessed and the fear that had to have been in her as it, you know, all of it, I feel like that has made her who she is today. Mm -hmm. I really, I, I do. And um, so I, I know that was probably, that was probably a really sad story that I just told. She's alive today to tell the story though. Yeah. Um, it's just that, man, there are some really sad situations and we only live once. We don't live for very long. So I say, mm -hmm. ask for everything yeah. you want and make sure you get what you want. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're a drop in the ocean and when it comes to humanity. So, you know, take the opportunities that you have and live your life to the fullest. Absolutely. So I've really, really enjoyed this conversation, but I have one more question for you. What do you wish more people knew? Um, that you're actually in control of 
so much in pretty much everything. Yes, we're not in control of what happens on the outside. We're in control of what happens around us Mm -hmm. with our mind. So Mm -hmm. I think that is what I wish I would have known years ago. I had to actually see it for myself. And I think we all do. But I didn't have access to this type of information was not readily available to me as a child. I don't know if it was you. Um, I feel like it is now online with YouTube and all these experts like easy access. And I hope that our youth and some of our younger people realize that. And Mm -hmm. I'm actually talking, I mean, I mean, I I was definitely introduced to God in prayer. Okay. And that's part of it, but I wasn't taught that how to pray. Yeah. The best way. And sometimes the best way to pray is with faith and no one really specifically taught me that. And faith is basically acting as if it's already happened and moving forward. So that is what I want to leave. I I love that. That's amazing. Yes, absolutely. I love that. It's a great way to end. So thank you so much. Uh, You have been such a pleasure to talk to. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, So you can find Crystal O'Connor on the prettypowerfulpodcast.com. And then how else can they find you, Crystal? At Rich Fit and Happy. Uh, .com. Um, now, I don't know when this is going to post, but when you go there right now, there's just a static page. But if you go there in a week or in a day, maybe two days, my assistant's going to have the other pages up. So there will be an opt-in and you'll okay. get a weekly, you'll get a weekly e-zine with a video. Perfect. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Crystal. It's been a pleasure and everyone have an amazing day. Thank you for joining our guests on the Pretty Powerful Podcast. And we hope you've gained new insight and learned from exceptional women. Remember to subscribe or check out this and all episodes on prettypowerfulpodcast.com. Visit us next time. And until then, step into your own power.